Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to talk with you about creating a roller coaster. Okay, now, our life is already like a roller coaster. I don't mean for you to go out and um, do some thrill-seeking rides and, and travel around to all the theme parks, even though that would be really fun. And if that's a bucket list of yours, I say live now. But I want you to create a roller coaster for your novels. So I want you to think about, if anybody knows about North Carolina and they've went to Carowinds, and I think King's Dominion also had a ride just like this. It's called Thunder Road, and it just went up and down, up and down, up and down. There were no, like, what I can remember of this thing, there were no loop-de-loops. And so that's what I want you to do for your book. And I'm gonna tell you where I came up with this idea, and I'm sure it has been tried and true and practiced across classrooms in America, but it's just something that I fell into and I have found that it has been very successful with students and keeps them engaged, keeps them questioning. And I'm going to tell you, you know, what standard it falls under. So with our North Carolina standards, if you're, if you're working YA, if you're working K-12, you can go on and look at your state's common core standards or their standards and how teachers are teaching books so we just don't pick a book because we love a book I mean I wish it was that simple but we need to have a book that is dynamic enough that when we can teach a lot of different um, standards within a book so I've already talked with you about theme and how theme is a standard and how we have to not only talk about identifying the theme, but where does the theme emerge? What evidence can you find in the text that shows that this theme is emerging and developing over time? So, you know, it's more than just identifying it. It's really being able to break the text apart. And I tell my students all the time, you know, when you get to high school, it's no more you being the reader. It's almost like you have to put on this hat of an author. And as you're the author, be able to analyze the text in a way of what choices did they make to get them to this final product. So I think that this strategy will actually help us. And I don't know why I've never done it before for myself. You know how sometimes you get these aha moments? Well, I got my aha moment when I was reading an article and it was talking about there was an algorithm. Now you could go and Google this article. It was found in the Guardian. But there was this algorithm that um, the authors had figured out. They had ran in some bestsellers and they said, you know, there's some plot timing issues that a lot of bestseller um, authors that they have in common. And they've actually written a book, like Breaking the Code or Breaking the Bestseller Code. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, the article just sparked that in me because I, I'm like, gosh, I've always done this. Why didn't I think about this? 
from my own outlines, especially after. So now that I have Grammarly, it completely takes away my, you know, worry about my style, my structure, my repetitive words, because Grammarly does all that for me. So then what do I, you know, free myself up with now when I'm going to go back in and revise? So I've got myself a plan of attack now. And that's going to do, that's going to be this roller coaster. So I can give you the example of The Contender. It is a, it's a book series. Now I've not read the other ones. I've only read the first one. You guys know that I'm an MMA fan. Um, it's about boxing. It's close enough that, um, and it's got the gym atmosphere in it. Um, it has, you know, right from wrong. It's just, it's such a good book. Oh my gosh. It is such a good book. So what I do with my students is that I start them up and we just do on the board and they have to keep it in their journals. This gigantic roller coaster. And so each day that we read, we have to find, you know, what's happening in the book. Is, the, is it a positive or is it a negative tone? Is it a positive experience? Is it a negative experience? Um, is the character feeling positive or is the character feeling negative? And it all wraps around because if you've got a negative experience and, the, and you know, the character is, you know, like wrapped all around into that negative experience, they also may be feeling downtrodden. And so you're going to have a negative symbol. Okay, so what we did is we started plotting it out chapter by chapter. Every time we would start to see a shift, then we would identify it with the different um, math symbol, whether it was positive or negative. And over time, what we realized is that we would have um, negative, negative, positive, negative, negative, positive, 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 negative, positive, positive, negative, positive, positive, negative. Okay, you get where I'm going? Then it would go negative, negative, positive, negative, negative, positive. Then it would get really quick. And so can you imagine when the tempo started increasing right smack at chapter 10, that's midway through the book, you didn't start having doubles of one emotion or doubles of one situation. You would get a negative and a positive really quick, then a negative and a positive, and a positive and a negative. And the, the pattern changed after that. When you start to recognize that there are these shifts and these patterns Every time the author is doing a shift, there could be an emerging of themes. So these things kind of go hand in hand. If you look at something called a tip cast, you can look that up. That is how we use um, an acronym of what we use to teach poetry. And this works also for short stories and novels as well. You could do a tip cast on a novel, but it's pretty much known that that's a way that you can teach poetry. And it clearly tells the reader to look for the shift because once you find the shift, that's going to help you determine the tone, the theme, and all. And it's all going to fall into place. You're going to have something emerging there. You're going to have something that, you know, is critical there if you've got a shift. So we teach this kind of way and we find these patterns in these books. And I'm like, well, why can't I do this with my own work and be very objective? And create a roller coaster for my own work. So I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing because I think that that can help us identify what our, you know, 
patterns are. Do we even have a pattern? And we're probably doing a lot of these things, you know, just subconsciously. But you know the word, you know, intentionality. You know, if we want to be really intentional with our work and we want to make sure, you know, there isn't like a set pattern, though. So I want you to get away from that and don't think you can go out there and research and say you have to have so many positives, so many negatives. No, but you do need to have this natural progression of the existence of the human world or, you know, the fantasy world to where you're going to have this mystery, tension, suspense building at the same time. And so, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about at the end of every chapter you know, they left that person, that reader, with this sense of, okay, if I can just have one more hour with this book, you know, I'm not going to, you know, put it down. I'll, I'll sacrifice another hour of sleep. You know, we all want our readers to say that. We want to have those page turners. Well, one way to do that is to look at your patterns and see if you're spending a long time in a certain positive or a certain negative so I had a conference with someone last week, and they told me about the concept that they're working on right now, and they said they're having a really difficult time finishing it up. And I, you guys know that I just read uh, a month or so ago, I read Station Eleven. It was a post-apocalyptic book that I have not read a lot in that genre, but this person reached out to me, and they told me that they were also working on a post-apocalyptic storyline. And what they found is that their person was going through like a tremendous amount of guilt, and they were living so deep within that guilt, and they didn't know how to get the person out of it. And I wish I would have thought about that roller coaster. Really, I, I do. Um, and I didn't. So if, if that person is listening to the podcast today... Um, just know that this could be a helpful tool for you because I'm a visual learner and so many people are, you know, you may need to do that, you know, just so you can see just with symbols what's happening in your book. So, so that would now be my advice to that person. Um, now that I've thought about it more and I'm like, daggone, why didn't I think about that last week? (laughs) But doing one of these diagrams, you guys know you have the traditional plot diagram that students are taught since elementary school, you know, with the gingerbread man to be able to, you know, plot out, you know, the beginning, you know, the rising, the climax, the um, falling action, the resolution, I mean, we know that there are these like general patterns that we do follow when we write. But doing this plus and this minus roller coaster when you're going back in and you're in your revising stage or you just need to read what you've got so far and you kind of don't know what to focus on, maybe do that. Maybe just look at your positives and your negatives. And like I said, look for character shifts, look for tone, look for emotion, look for situation, and see if you're really staying too positive for too long. Because, you know, students will quickly tell you, well, then that's when it gets boring, and then that's when I get a lull, because nothing good lasts forever, and there's always got to be a kink somewhere. And so when we were doing this out loud, 
It helps with inferencing skills. So here's the standard that it's pulling itself back into. So for us in North Carolina, this is going to be the first standard. And I call this the gateway standard because if students can really grasp a firm understanding of how to infer and or how to make predictions, then they're ahead of the game with their comprehension. Like they've got a great start, okay? They still have other areas that they need, you know, to work on. But this inferencing, I do believe that's why it's the first standard because teachers need to say, okay, we really need to work on students' inferencing skills, their critical thinking skills, and their connection to the text. Because when students are not connected to the text, they're less likely to even be able to make a prediction if we can get kids hooked into text, then we start asking the right open-ended questions. It's going to start sparking their thinking, and they're going to have to start trying to predict what's going to happen to the character, what's going to happen to, you know, in the next scene. And so that inferencing skill will help them unlock maybe some comprehension barriers. And a way that teachers can teach it is using this um, plot roller coaster because then that can teach them that there could be some patterns that we have to look for. And sometimes, of course, it's going to fall outside of the box. They're not always going to fit in this perfect plus, minus, plus, minus, plus, plus, minus, minus, you know, that kind of thing. But it at least will get them understanding that it's not going to stay happily ever after. If the story starts off happy, you know it's coming. So then what is the thing that's coming? And that just allows the kids to go, oh, I see that now. And you will not believe the audible gasps and sighs that I have heard from students when they have had aha moments in the middle of these lessons going, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I know exactly, I'll bet you a million dollars. I know exactly what's going to happen. And so then we start writing questions on the board. We start infer, you know, doing our inferencing skills and prediction questioning. And then the student wants to continue reading because they want to see if they're right. They want to see if their intuition or if their line of thought or if the way they think that the, the character should create and make a choice, if they're going to do that. And then what really gets them going is when the character doesn't make the choice that they wanted to make, then they start questioning the character. What? Why would they do that? You know, what would lead them to do that? And so there's the question. There's another standard, you know, character motivations. And so you can see how teachers can use this roller coaster, but us authors, we can definitely use it too. I'm going to start doing this. Um... That way I can see my, just my pace. What is my pacing like? Because I think that that is so important, especially when you're working with a YA audience. We've got to make sure that we're timing these things. So we've got to be a little bit more intentional. After we write the book, go back in and do a roller coaster. Or if you get stuck and you honestly don't know, you know, what your patterns are, just take a break go back, start from the beginning, draw out your gigantic roller coaster, <laughs> and start doing, you know, your plus and your minuses to where you get stuck. Because if you are stuck, it's probably because you've kind of hung out in the same math sign for a little bit too long. And that's probably why you're stuck. Now, it could be other reasons why you're stuck, but I mean, that could be one of them. 
So I think that this could break us, you know, open to then questioning it ourselves, making inferencing skills. Well, well, then what would be the natural progression of this book? Oh, I do have to throw in something now. It's getting a little too comfortable for this character. They're they're getting, you know, rewarded too much or the sun is basking on them too long. And now we got to throw a cloud over the sun. And, and put your character right back in on the roller coaster and see what happens next. So I hope that, you know, this visual can, you know, be of help to you. So the inferencing skill, like I said, you know, that's really important for not only the readers, you know, but for us, we need to be also questioning our characters. Like if we get stuck questioning the characters of what is motivating this character ultimately, you know, what is it that's fueling them? What is it that needs to be added here for character motivations to push them to get through the next roller coaster cycle? Because those are great teachable moments for teachers. When they see those little golden tickets, they're like, yep, there's a standard. I will really be able to teach this book because the prediction skills are on point. There's a lot of places for us to have class discussions. There's places for us to look at character motivations. Oh, there's an emerging theme. If you go back and listen to that theme one. Oh, this is where the theme is continuing to be developed. You know, now we can solidify that this theme is here. Now, look, there's another theme. And I think that's one reason why I love teaching. I mean, I love teaching Tears of a Tiger, too. Tears of a Tiger is also a great one to break apart. Um, and so I use Tears of a Tiger. I use The Contender as the really, like, books that we critically look with, uh, you know, a microscope to do these kind of teaching lessons with. And then their SSR, of course, their silent sustained reading, that's where they get their independent choice. And what we want as teachers is not just to find books that they love and, and to stay within genres and, and branch out and, and talk about books, but we actually want them practicing these kind of skills. That's why we do the talking out strategies. That's why we do the charting. That's why we do the visuals. So that way, when they are reading on their own, they're able to access the books in meaningful ways. It's not that they're going to draw out the roller coaster. I've never seen a kid draw out a roller coaster when they're reading a book on their own. But hopefully, they'll have that image in their head when they're reading and they'll say, Oh, something's got to happen. I got to read one more chapter because I bet there's going to be a shift in the tone. I bet there's going to be a shift in the situation, and I can't wait to find out what it is. So hopefully this has been helpful for you guys. I know it's been helpful for me, and I just love it how, you know, I can teach a lesson. I can teach strategies for years, and I don't see how they apply to my own work until I start to read about plot timing and bestseller timing in novels. I'm like, you know what? I've been doing this stuff for years. Why haven't I done this with my own books? <laughs> hey, better late than never. Here's a theme statement for you. That's what we can learn is that we're always growing. We're, you know, sometimes it just takes this like light bulb moment 
for all of us. And we're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And so if you've been doing this your whole you know, writing career, I applaud you. And I bet you have found some great success with it. But if you've never tried this exercise before, I challenge you to do it. And maybe even the next book that you read. You know, when I read books now, I'm not just reading books for enjoyment. I'm reading 70 books because I'm also breaking down those books. So I might do a roller coaster on a read that's in the genre that I want to write. So I'm about to read The Devil's Cabin. Um, I found it when I was on Twitter. And I've already got the book. And it's going to be on my read list, and it's a horror book. And so I think that I want to start, like, focusing in on horror because I want to pick back up my cult book. And um, I just need to get back, you know, in the in the mode of that realm of that genre. And I've been kind of removed from that because, you know, I've been reading for the podcast interviews, and I've been reading people, you know, have been passing along books to me so I've been trying to get through those books but you know where my love is I mean you know when we watch movies my number one go-to is horror so I, I need to get back into that because the summertime is coming and I know what I want to write this summer and I know that I need to edit my paranormal because that's the book that the Lord said like this is your next series so I really need to, you know, up my game, guys. And, and by doing that, it's by reading in the genre that I want to write in and really doing some of these exercises to break some things apart. So take the theme lesson that I taught with you before. Take this roller coaster because let's say you're doing this roller coaster and you start to see evidence of a theme Go ahead and put a star there and say like chapter four, you know, has this really great place where you saw a theme begin to emerge. Or if if you go too fast into the theme and, and it's already full developed, you go, wait a minute, I didn't I didn't really spend time earlier on. You need to then make a question mark to tell yourself you need to go back some in some earlier chapters to start dropping some things that can help shape that theme. So the plotting with the roller coaster could help you with that exercise and you can extend it and modify it. Or the first time, just go specifically looking for plus and minuses. And then you could go back in and look for theme. You could go in and do, you know, this in a different way and then chart on that roller coaster um, the emerging themes as you go. And if you wanted to carry it even another step forward, Start trying to plot motivations because that is another standard that I'm going to be talking with you about um, at a later date. So you can just get our teacher voice in your head, those of you that are not educators, to know how we teach books and what are standards that we have to cover as part of our curriculum. So that way when you're writing, you're mindful of those. I mean, we all know about character motivations. What motivates our character to make these choices, to do these decisions, you know, but I can just talk you through some strategies and that could be a thing you could do too on the roller coaster later. You could come back in and say, well, his motivation here was money, but then his motivation shifted and then it was true love. You know, that's a very generic one. But what if you wanted the motivation to still stay money 
and you lost the consistency and then it went back and then the character was flaky and you you lost that somewhere in your writing um just because you were just in that natural flow and you weren't you know intentionally thinking of motivations necessarily you were just thinking of the next to the next dialogue um going back in and looking just at character motivations could also be a worthy um time amount you know that you could spend looking at revising because grammarly takes away all of the worry as you're typing you know so that way you know you're on point with your grammar your style you're not using repetitive language you're changing your your grammarly settings to novel or short story is a creative button up there so make sure you're switching it don't just use the default system um switch it out and then, you know, you'll feel a lot more confident on that end. So then what do you look for when you go back in to do some rereads? And hopefully this can be some starting points for you. All right, guys, you have a blessed one. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.